It's time to rock and roll! I got I got some hot takes to spill. I've I've uh, mm. I've uh, you know sometimes you read stuff online and then like you make up a guy in your head to get mad at. You know it's like oh I bet someone yeah. else thinks this opposite opinion of me and then no like sometimes you do find someone who's like tweeting some some just frustrating stuff and i'm seeing all this like scream sequel chatter mm-hmm. and i'm just like no we're not we're not doing this we're not disrespecting the west mm-hmm. craven entries to hype up the new entry i'm sorry yeah. it could be the best <laughs> movie of the year you don't have to disrespect the man who gave us all those great sequels and frankly scream 4 which you know is so ahead of yep. its time the stuff in that movie is still applicable to stuff today, and maybe that's part of the problem with Scream 5. I don't know. Don't need mm-hmm. to stir those feelings up, but I'm your host, Diego Crespo, mm-hmm. and I'm venting because I love mm-hmm. uh, Scream as a franchise, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about another franchise I love today, which is the Rocky slash Creed franchise, and to do that with me today is my co-host, Universa. Hey, how you doing? Morning. Yeah, good, good morning. You. Good to see you. Good to good see, see you. you. Uh, thanks for uh, souping me up to... The, that IMAX event yeah. for, for Creed 3. We saw it a little early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we also saw the first Creed together a little early, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we saw an early screener of it. Yeah. Yeah, a week before. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then Creed 2 we saw um, separately, but I feel like that one's kind of mm-hmm. come and gone. Not a bad movie. Not a bad yeah. movie. Um, just, you know, it's not Creed. Uh, we'll find out if it's as good as Creed 3 or we'll, if Creed we'll 3 talk can about live it. up to the other entries today. With our our ho- our co co guest host guest. guest host yeah guest host Gee, I yeah. don't know what's wrong I did not have a long night last night I don't this no. is this is completely on me uh, Gene you want to introduce our guest Yeah I got my good friend and uh, former roommate Daniel How you doing Daniel Doing well Thanks Gene How Thanks Diego Thanks for having me How are you guys doing Oh good Good to just word soup today I guess yeah. I don't know. But uh, doing great. Um, welcome back from the Northman podcast, which I could not mm-hmm. make last year. Um, but it's a, it's a fun. fun episode. Everyone should yeah. check it out because that's also a great movie. You know, Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Gene and I were talking right before recording, like how last year was so good. Like, we'll talk about stuff we've seen recently, but I finally saw Tar and mm. I was like, I really loved it. And I was like, maybe that should go in my top 10. And then I was looking back and I was kind of watching everything everywhere all at once again. And I was like, mm. oh, I feel bad. That one wasn't even my top 10. That one's got to move up again, too. And then I saw my top 10 and I was like, I don't know what to take out. And there's just so many good movies last year. So yeah. it's it's a it's a wealth of, of riches. Uh, Daniel, how are you? What's new? Tell us about uh, what you've been watching lately and anything else you want to tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, I just started school, guys. and uh, studying become a... Uh, social worker mental health care so that's been mm-hmm. a lot more of my time recently um yeah. to the bay area to do that i'm from the bay area san francisco i'm very lucky to come from a great city and to be back in a great city um i haven't been able to watch much but um as we talk about i do have a hobby enjoyment um for sports movies and kind of sports narratives and uh, so Recently, I did watch two really great uh, documentaries by two, I want to say kind of greatest generation uh, era, I want to say, yeah, free baby boomer uh, mm. goats, so to speak, and Bill Russell and uh, William Hayes both have uh, documentaries about them out right now that I really recommend. They're really 
we touch on just the remarkable lives they had to live while being great athletes in America in a way that great athletes after them didn't really have to live in such a, you know, it's, we live in a very violent and conflicted country now, um, but uh, specifically so when Bill Russell and Willie Mays both uh, donned televisions and kids wore their jerseys and cheered their names. Um, but it's a very, very cool portrait of both, both uh, athletes out right now. Also, we do, excuse me, dealing with the word soup today, but yes. <laughs> no, that's all good. That's all good. Uh, where can people watch those if they're curious? Yeah, Say Hey William Mays I, uh, is uh, on HBO Max, I believe. And then um, the Bill Russell legend is two part, two-parter on Netflix. All right, thank you. Nice. Okay, yeah. be sure to check it out. Yeah, Gene, what about you? What have you been watching lately? I've been watching like uh, a lot of uh, movies, I guess, through my the A list. Gotta gotta rep that because it just saves a lot of money. I'm not paying for those extra seats, those extra prices for those seats, like AMC keeps telling me. But yeah, um, I saw the whale recently. Um, I know that one's been kind of like getting some criticism here and there, which you know, good to talk about. But I was like really enjoying that actually. I mean, it's very. It's very moving. It's very like you know sad, but um, like the story, like Frazier, it's Brandon Frazier himself like plays the role with a lot of empathy and everything. So it's just like you know, it's really yeah. In terms of just like the performances, I could just attest they're pretty good. Um, Cocaine Bear, I saw, I enjoyed. I don't know if people are like I don't know. It's been getting a lot of. Uh, like mixed response where yeah i think diego had some takes on that i don't know if he wants to say <laughs> yeah i know I, I mean it's like because i haven't seen it um yeah and i like uh, elizabeth banks is such a talented actress and artist mm-hmm. i've not loved everything she's directed okay she's she's very talented in in other ways i feel maybe she'll do maybe cocaine bear is the one i see where i'm like oh I, it's all clicking for me or whatever right? yeah but from my understanding a lot of the criticisms about it are that uh, you know, she mentioned she was inspired by Sam Raimi, one of our goats. One of yeah. like you're gonna be inspired yeah, she's by in, anyone. She's in Spider Man. She's in Spider. Yeah, she's in yeah. Spider Man. She's in three of his movies. Um, I feel that uh, a lot of the criticism stemming from like the the lack of like tonal connectivity. Mm. Like um, some people aren't are uh, a little disappointed that all the bear scenes are the just the ones from CGI. The trailers, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've not, not seen a real any bear. CGI complaints, frankly. Uh, and for, for me, the layman who's only seen the trailers, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I think the bear looks pretty good. They did not have a lot of money to shoot that movie. Like, I, yeah. I think it looks good, you know, like, yeah. an animatronic would cost so much more. Like, it's it just would. not, like, you're not getting those running shots and stuff like that, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I, I'm glad it seems to be successful, at least. I, I don't know. It's, it's maybe a little too early to tell, but, like, I want movies yeah. like that, you know? So, like, success for Cocaine Same. Bear is success for everyone, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, it's like definitely. Bullet Train for me um, last year, you know? I don't, I'm not <laughs> oh, we saw that, that together. We saw that. Me and Daniel saw that. We did. I remember that. I haven't seen Cocaine Bear. I do want to see it. I'm curious. Does it hold up to the Bear's performance in The Revenant? Like, what, what's the ranking... Mm-hmm. I'm really am curious. I love that performance from the Bear and the Revenant. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I think the Cocaine Bear has like a little more like nuance to him. He, the Cocaine Bear is also like a parent of cubs, 
So it's got that oh, going. Oh, okay, that's out. new. Yeah. Yeah, I so. mean, it is just fun to talk about Cocaine Bear because it's like, what's it about? Like, you just say the title. It's like, oh, you see the movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the perfect, like, B-movie pitch. Yeah. Um, exactly. but the, the bears, the cub bears and stuff like that. That's, I didn't know that because, like, mm-hmm. you know, the joke is like, oh, it's based on a true story. It's like, it is, but also, like, the, yeah. the true story is sad. It's it's interesting because it's like, and Elizabeth Banks talks about this on, like, interviews I've heard her give, like, mm-hmm. where it's just the fallout of, like, the bullshit of the American drug war in the 80s. Yeah. And it's like, there's no better real life example about like look at what like you had this useless like conflict that just made to make certain people money uh and then it's like oh it, it killed the bear it's like there's the image right there it's like the fallout of all this is just like killing like the natural world mm-hmm. it's like that's the story you know um so she yeah. she like gets it as like a person um maybe yeah. I'll, I'll like the movie a lot if she can, yeah like, could watch you know, it it's all that mm-hmm. um, so um framework i did i do want to say though they is another case of they're stretching out the based on a true story a yeah. lot hard for for marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. at one point, is something just an idea that inspired a movie? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like if someone went to their grocery store and I don't know, if I went to the grocery store and tripped and fell and you know met met the love of my life. I wouldn't say it was based on a true story. I have a rom com about two people meeting at a grocery no. store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no no you're you're totally right i just gotta say too because like it's um the the real story the bear dies like immediately because it ate Mm. cocaine like yep it's It's terrible it's a hell of a drug hell of a drug it's it's a result of like this fucking wild story of of, like this criminal empire collapsing in the 80s um but like yeah the the bear died like in 20 minutes like yeah you can't eat cocaine (laughs) no 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 yeah you shouldn't eat most drugs frankly Mm mm-hmm Actually, don't do any drugs what am i saying <laughs> but yeah um mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's it's ridiculous but um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see about yeah what i think eventually mm-hmm. uh i just want to throw out one more because yeah. it was like a great theatrical experience because they brought it back crouching tiger hidden dragon in theaters it's a good uh good time yeah that movie still holds up love it yeah ang lee ang lee um, yeah yeah, Ang Ang Lee's Hulk still, I think, one of the great, truly great superhero movies. I stand by that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his run in the two thousands is kind of like unparalleled. Because then what yeah. you do after Crouching Tiger? It's oh, it fucking does the Hulk. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, fuck. yeah, yeah, and uh, like he's got like Lust and Caution that that decade, and mm-hmm. gets uh, like Life of Pi, mm-hmm. which like you know won him all this acclaim, and then after that he kind of. Like Gemini Man. Some people, well, he did a Billy Lee's Long Halftime Walk, uh, and some I, people, I some people just think like he kind of fell off, and like I don't think that movie super works, Billy Lee, but I like it. Mm-hmm. And then Gemini Man, I I I have like a thesis on Gemini Man. We've talked about it a lot in the podcast. I don't need to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like Ang Lee. I I'm glad people are like rediscovering Crouching Tiger. That's a great movie mm-hmm. for sure. I uh, I'm with you. I love Angley up through Life of Pi. I think I would um, I think it'd be nice for him to not do a genre film for like just once. Like go do like a narrative, like a Brokeback Mountain, and just kind mm-hmm. of charge and like, because I feel like he's at 
got too much maybe too much power and too much money and 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 uh i want him to be a little want to make something really small i'd be really cool to see ang lee go back and make something really small before he go, goes back to trying to do these really big conceptual kind of genre blockbuster movies yeah i think i'd like that too and like billy lee you can see him trying to do a little bit of that but yeah full-fledged like drama again i, yeah. I think it would be really fantastic you know like something like the ice storm or what's that one he did the ice storm right the ice storm yeah 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 it'd be interesting yeah yeah which i finally saw that's a, that's also a fantastic movie mm-hmm. um yeah yeah because like brokeback mountain and lust and caution i think are back to back also and it's like like if you had those two movies in your resume alone, you're you're kind of like an all timer. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like he has not gotten his credit. Um, no, no. But uh, yeah, whatever. Um, the Angley hype for another time. We'll have to do an Angley episode. Angley podcast. Like we'll Angley podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I'll say, I I finally watched uh, Jurassic World Dominion with a group oh. of our uh, Gene and I's mutual pals. Um, no. Uh, but I also saw uh, Creed three and Near Dark, <laughs> and then Good. Creed three again this last week. Good segue. Uh, yeah, Near Dark is still. It's the second time I've seen it on the big screen, thirty five millimeter. Uh, the print was nice and scratchy and poppy, not in a way that's like disruptive, but it just felt mm-hmm. like, you know, to get to become like a vintage fetishist for a second. I was like, ooh, old movies, you know? Yeah, nice um, aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Not everything should look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I firmly believe that, but I'm also like, ooh, cool, old. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah terrific the crowd it killed with the crowd um pretty packed house which was nice and uh before we get to creed 3 we should also talk a little bit about our history with the rocky franchise yeah Um, but daniel let's go to you first Mm -hmm. what's your history with the rocky franchise well you know uh kind of like my history with shawshank redemption or my history with 90 uh, it's a it's a cable it's a cable TV franchise. I'm a latchkey kid, maybe like you guys. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, so much of my early days of cinema were just, you know, again, TNT, Turner, watching cable network on a on a Saturday and just watching this adult movie. Well, not adult movie, you know what I mean, but this yeah. of films, um, and and learning to kind of you know like older narratives. And um, so I associate Rocky a lot, especially as a kid, as just sort of this cool, fun uh boxing franchise um with the first one being especially more emotional um mm-hmm. as an adult though i've really come to appreciate first of all the original rocky very much um because i love the creed franchise holy smokes we're gonna talk about these three yeah really, i think three really awesome movies i, I went back and watched creed 2 this week and I actually was not i was surprised how much even though it again we're going we'll go into it, but even though it's the least mm-hmm. craftiest of the three movies, it's still punch it still packs a really good punch and really mm-hmm. it made me cry. <laughs> um, um in ways I think it, it was earned too. And we'll talk about that. But I really come to appreciate the franchise uh, again, I think, in a, um through Creed and through having a Rocky for my generation, right? I mean, we're, we're all kind of near Donnie's or a little younger than Donnie. But I feel like Creed's, you know, um, Rocky for us, um, you know, it, it, it has a sensibility, especially of like mid-millennial um, world and, and, the, and our trials and tribulations. 
Um, I'm not married, but just in general, people, us becoming married and starting having, starting to have kids, you know, creatively really kind of captured that in a beautiful way. Um, the millennial experience actually, and I think right. specifically. So, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, here's the thing. So I'm going to let Gene go last. Cause I, I'm sure he's, he's got a great story about how he started watching this franchise. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember i think it was like one of those things my dad was showing me but i couldn't Mm. be sure like i remember like when my dad and mom showed me like indiana jones and star wars Mm. my dad showed me terminator when i was a little younger (laughs) than maybe i i I should have been when i saw it yeah um uh you know i have like specific instances where i'm like oh yeah i remember that i remember when i saw that i don't remember rocky is one of those ones that's kind of always just been there you know yeah um yeah and so I, I don't I don't really have an angle on that, but that's just how like essential it is to like me as a person, you know. Like when I think mm-hmm. sports movies, I think The Last Boy Scout and Rocky, you know. I guess yeah, those are my things, you know. Um, <laughs> but but Gene, go ahead. I feel like you got more to say on that. Yeah, no, I think um, I think specifically, I, I was introduced to Rocky with uh, I believe it was on AMC uh network they had like rockathons that's what they called it so it's like <laughs> such a corny corny marathon no, it, name. it's perfect for that, well, that. <laughs> so, yeah like every fourth of july they would like air all the rockies so it'd be like rocky one two three four and five which for a time was the end of the franchise and yeah i think i think the first one i probably saw was on cable so it's like out of order it was like rocky four so I have a spot, soft spot for Rocky Four, just based on that being the first one. But yeah, that's how I was introduced, and I got more into him because I think, um, I think when I was a kid, I was a little heavy set, so started like working out more and everything, and uh, got got into like some like fitness, boxing stuff on that movie, and lost a lot of weight. So appreciate it, Rocky. <laughs> uh, what do we think makes Rocky so special as a character? Because like he's. He's someone everyone knows. You can do the yeah. Stallone impression. You're really mm-hmm. doing the Rocky impression, you know? Like, it's that essential to, like, American culture in a way. And, like, what do we think makes that so, like, everlasting, I guess? Because that that is wild that it, that character is still around in the public consciousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's ultimate American story. Yeah. Point blank period. I mean, he's a blue working... Eight. No matter how famous, it's funny how, and Creed really shows this dude. No matter how famous and rich he does get, like you know, he became super wealthy and great at boxing. He's just owns a little restaurant and it's got a got like a, a small living space in in Philly. Like every, I think a lot of people really dream of being able to have this this kind of wealth and resources that Rocky achieves. <clears throat> while still being kind of grounded in their neighborhood, right? Like you kind of wish you could be the most rich guy, <clears throat> excuse me, you kind of hope to be the richest, most loved person in your neighborhood, really. And I think he so embodies that through now almost 50 years of these movies. Yeah, like he, it's crazy. He, he, he so much embodies, I think, the, the dream life, I think, for a lot of um, working class people. Yeah. Oh, that's well said. Yeah, because I, I just love how, like, fallible the character is, like, relatable and just, like, you know, you see him in the first movie and it's, like, you know, you could really relate to him because it's, like, he has, like, such a good heart, but it's, like, because of, like, his situation, like, he's, you know, like, he's, like, I guess, I don't know, like, the right, I guess he's kind of a, an inf- 
enforcer sort of for like uh one of the local like mob guys but it's like he's a nice enforcer where he's like telling him he's like i don't want to break your arm it's like and the guy's like telling him like break his arm and it's like he just doesn't like even he's put in that situation it's just not in in him like inside his heart to like actually like hurt like some random guy over money so it's just you know such a like a lovable like relatable like character like daniel was saying just really captures like the spirit of like I don't know what America should be, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. This, I actually have uh, thoughts regarding that, but I'll save it for Creed 3 because there's, okay. there's, we'll get into it, but there's clear like influence and discussions about like class happening mm-hmm. in Creed 3. Which, yes. I mean, for modern like Hollywood movies making, that's like a, a splash of cold water to the face, you know, because that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, like we we avoid politics in movies now for yeah. the most part, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, you go back like 15, 20 years, and you're like, no, we still talked about them then. This is a recent thing. Uh, but whatever, I don't need to get all fucking. I don't need to read like my manifesto or something right now. Um, all right, let's let's all just mention really quick our favorite Rocky movies, mm. as whether or not we want any more spinoffs apart from Creed, so we can just jump into Creed three because I'm okay. I'm kind of hankering here for a little bit. Sure. Uh, Daniel, your favorite Rocky movie? I tie between Creed and Rocky. I think that it's they're the two great they're the two great Rocky movies. I think the rest are good um, or not. Like I don't think that there is another great. Those are two ideal, um, mainly because Rocky itself is such a really beautiful personal film, and we'll talk about it too. There's so much not boxing in the original mm-hmm. Rocky as compared to every other movie that comes yeah. after it, actually, in a really interesting way. But uh, Creed, even though, again, more boxing in Creed, uh, is kind of like the Rocky 2.0 experience um, for a new gen- decade. So, yeah, those are my two, um, those are the two uh, central forces of the whole franchise. Yeah. Good yeah, choice. what about you, um, I think, like, I want to say, like, I don't I don't think, uh, I'll agree with you because we were talking the other day, I don't think there's a bad Rocky movie. Because we were talking about like Rocky Five, there's some merit to it, so it's like hard to choose some days. You know, they're all my favorites, but I feel like um, you know that first Rocky's great. I think Rocky Balboa really resonates, I guess, with me. Just kind of like the acting and like um, if that was like the end of the character and like what it was like trying to say at the time. Yeah, I really appreciate like Rocky Balboa because it just um, you know at the time it was like a really good ending to that character so i'll go out on, on a limb and say that one yeah uh, rocky and creed probably are also just i, I think I, I this is not disrespecting any other sequels to both those movies but you know rocky's rocky everything that comes after it is trying to live up to being worthy of the rocky name yeah creed is creed like these are the upper echelons of like american cinema like i truly believe these are two of the greatest films like of the last 50 years like mm-hmm. they're they're fantastic yeah. movies um they give you that feeling that you cannot get outside of a movie theater you know and the other ones have moments to, for sure and it's not disrespecting any of them yeah uh although for rocky four and five are definitely my lower tier rocky movies uh oh, okay. and i think both have merits i don't here's the thing yeah. i've grown as a person gene knows me so for so long 
that he remembers when I just didn't like Rocky IV anymore. Yeah. I was like, this is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <Dude>. like, frustrated. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's very 80s. Like, I was just telling a friend, because it's just, like, the robot, um, you know, just the fact, like, Drago has, like, a punch that's, like, what, like, 2,000 pounds, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, that, you know, it, it's of its time. But has anyone seen the director's cut of it? I was really curious. Mm-mm. I have okay. heard uh, it's a fascinating watch because mm-hmm. the 1980s, the original version, is Stallone's personality in the 80s. Yeah. And the, yeah. the director's cut, whatever, is like Stallone of the now. So it's more somber, it's more melancholy. Like Rocky mm-hmm. Balboa is like a very melancholy movie. And I love it yeah. because of that. That's yes. the one I remember watching the most on HBO mm-hmm. uh, back yeah. in the day. Um, it was on one. Yeah. That, that, it's a great fucking movie, though. I, I love Rocky Balboa so much. Yeah. Um, the director's cut which was Rocky film and in a sense since Rocky because Rocky itself again we we're talking about it's like it's such a personal film with a lot of, it it's about Philadelphia and it's about this one guy and his day-to-day life and um how that changes and Rocky Balboa kind of takes you right back to that life after I mean again we'll get into it like I don't feel that strongly about the rest of the 80s franchise it was funny i didn't get to see i didn't get to watch all the rockies this week because i wanted to mm-hmm. only watch the original and maybe it was only for the best because on a poetic level i don't really care about the sequels very much because they, they kind of become they become like and this we'll talk about my indifference to sequels in general yeah <laughs> but you know kind of fast and furious approach of like taking a small idea and, and exp- blowing up as as far as you can you kind of kind of test that a little bit first in rocky and um but yeah we'll get into it okay. no yeah well uh, we're definitely gonna go back to that because yeah. i i let's just say i disagree with the, the certain other franchise you called out i agree oh, with your ultimate us. statement your ultimate statement i i think we're gonna yeah. completely be on board with um yeah i guess we, we could just kind of jump into it right is there anything mm-hmm. else you, oh, okay, here's something uh, Gene had in the notes. Um, any more spinoffs we want? And then if you if you have a favorite fight from the franchise, uh, Daniel, lead, lead us into this. Or I guess, actually, you know what, really quick, I just, not to cut you off, I just told you to, to talk to you. But like yeah. you, I guess you kind of answered the question too, right? Like yeah. you're not a big franchise sequel guy. So I guess spinoffs aren't really your cup of tea. Yeah. I yeah I mean if it, was, if it was up to me only two only two movies I don't know it's <laughs> hard to say cause I know I know all the rest of the movies people really adore uh stuff I wish I got to watch them this week too so I could talk about them. but um if I had any spinoffs yeah I just I wouldn't recommend a spinoff per per se um I hope what we talk about I hope if they're gonna continue this franchise this is what I like to I, I, I wish some movie franchise would just move into the TV sphere so that we can finally spend time with characters, right? Mm-hmm. If we're going to have franchise spinoffs, like I'm tired of trying to, I'm tired of trying to get through these movies in two hours. I mean, we'll talk about Creed 3. Creed 3 is a little rushed, to be honest with you. Yeah. Packed with a lot of ideas, packed with quite a few characters. And, you know, it's, the more the more we pack movies these days, the more I'm just like, can we just make some miniseries out of these? I would mm-hmm. totally do uh you know i would totally follow jonathan majors for a spinoff all of his own like just his own boxing career starting from the end of creed 3 and and like he has to kind of maybe earn his way back into this into a starring role that'd be cool to see yeah i yeah. Um, i will say that the very thing you just mentioned like i wish moved into tv shows i don't know about this franchise 
I've definitely had that point with other franchises, and I, I fucking anno- I know I annoy Gene in our group, at least one of our group chats with this <laughs> oh, all the no. time. Yeah, where I'm like the Marvel stuff should be TV shows. They rush yeah. their productions like TV shows. Yeah. They don't need to be movies. It's fine. <laughs> you just make it one long TV show called The Avengers. You put mm-hmm. everyone in it. Everyone gets like an arc or an episode to themselves. That's all you need. Yeah. Moving on. Gene. You're no, I, mean, I, I agree with you to an extent for Marvel because it's just like, you know, I would think I was watching like Moon Knight or something at like midnight when it was coming out. And I'm like, why am I watching this? And it's like, why is this a TV show? Why am I watching this in a Like, yeah. Then especially, I already ranted on Ant-Man in a previous podcast. And oh, I'm yeah, like, go check oh. that out, everyone. Yeah, that was fun. But, um, yeah, I don't know for for the spinoffs, because it's interesting, because the I think the producer, uh, I forgot his first name, like Irvin Winkler, wanted to do, like, a Drago spinoff of, like, the Dragos. And, like, I'm not sure if it's, like, a prequel or, like, continuing their story. And I guess spoilers, you see Victor Drago in this one. And it's like, yeah, you know, he's good in the material, but it's like also like he is like, I don't know, like, well, he'll have to rely on like Dolph, Dolph Lundgren because it's like he's not like like an actor, um, you know, he's just like starting. And it's like, I don't know if he could like center like a whole spinoff, you know, just on him. I don't think he I don't know if he could carry it. And it's like also, too, it's like I already saw the Dragos in Creed 2 and Creed 3. It's like, I don't know if I need any more time with them, you know. But I guess, yeah, if they have a story. So I guess, I don't know, I, I can't see more spinoffs, to be honest with you. Maybe maybe they'll do like Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang's son or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, for favorite, my favorite fight, I think in just like the way it's like shot and just the way it actually like makes sense as a fight, I think the best fight in all of them is like Rocky Three, because there's actually Rocky uses strategy he uses like defense. He changes up his style. Uh, Mr. T is really good in those scenes, you know. Mr. T was a good. I think Mr. T is like he plays some really interesting villains back in the I, day. I think he's got. He has incredible charisma in that movie. Yeah, he, he I, he's that's he kind of like fun. his peak as an actor. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah, know? yeah, and like Rocky Three is like right before when I love Rocky Four the fight, but like that's such a like comic book over the top. Like people are throwing each other in the ring. Like Rocky's like should be like dead. It gives him brain damage, or I don't know. They retconned it, but like I love that fight. But like I can't can't go to bat for it sometimes. But yeah, the the fight between him and Clubber Lang is like really a really like fun, interesting like battle and everything. So I, I think I'll go with that one. Uh, Daniel, do you have a favorite fight? Yes, I mean. <clears throat> I was I, I did think about what we'll talk about today too, um, because I'm I'm very pretentious. Uh I don't like sequels and I don't like ranking. Yeah. But, so I really like to I rather choose favorite from the original and favorite from the Creed. My favorite boxing, my favorite fight from Creed is, is gonna be our the climax fight in Creed three that we're gonna talk about today. Actually, mm. I actually have all three creeds and you know you know, it, it's all the talent involved. I, I don't wanna pick apart one person, but Michael B. Jordan's direction. His ability to kind of really let Jonathan Majors take over the show in that fight, but just both of them as as co-stars, direction of it, the shooting of it, the editing of it, it's really fantastic. It's really one of those great, great boxing scenes. The more I've thought about it throughout the week, yeah. 
boxing scene Creed three and i really appreciate great boxing scene trust me and well i hope to talk a little bit about raging bull which is my favorite mm. which is my favorite sports movie my favorite movie my favorite boxing movie i mean it's, yeah. it's probably why to talk about sports narratives a lot is how you know scorsese captures boxing and boxers and fighting and the choreography of fighting in raging bulls and it is so powerful and mark Jordan really taps into that in this boxing scene like in in, in boxing grade three which is you know shout out to him. um yeah. best, best rock i mean i only saw rocky this week and it's you know is it the best without context the other movies i don't know but god my god i mean i'm chanting adrian at the end of rock <laughs> yeah. so hard dude like oh Such my god beautiful and what, and what the beautiful birth of a friendship through that box through that fight like you see them <laughs> the first time this whole movie you know apollo creed never cared about rocky balboa in this movie i forgot how much they didn't really were friends they really uh they weren't friends until that mm -hmm. fight that fight brings them so close together they have so much respect for each other the release of the energy of it ending and you feel every adrian coming out of them because the release is so powerful so yeah, yeah those fights are uh, great ones yeah, it's yeah. such a great ending too, because it's like Rocky doesn't care. Like he doesn't care if he won. He did his job. Like he did his goal of like he went the distance, and that's all that mattered to him. Yeah, all the you the know? journalists and stuff like that, the pressure up to Rocky, you made the distance for you. And the first thing he does is start shouting Adrian. Oh my yeah. god, tears, tears every yeah. fucking time, man. That's that's a fucking ending. Um, does Creed three make us cry? I'm not gonna say as much as Rocky because mm -hmm. I I don't I I think I know the answer to that one. Um. But did, did did Creed three make us cry? Um, I mean, there were some like emotional moments. Like it was like I guess like I don't know spoilers, but I think when his mother passes away, that was like that was really sad. That was really touching. Like that it went to like those places, like you know, and it kind of goes on the thing where I think you know Rocky kind of because it's been around for like so many years, like. When the themes it's like you know he keeps losing people he keeps losing friends and stuff so it's like it's a very like it very well like filmed like slice of life thing in that moment so yeah that was really yeah emotional moment it did i credit actually so i want to talk to we'll talk about you know there's there's again there's i i've seen certain things singled out and Creed three as oh Jonathan Major's performance, McAbee Jordan's direction, the cinematography. Um, this script is a really good script. Um, I really like the script, I, and mainly because um, again, I'm not gonna say really good. It's a good movie. It's solid, very solid Hollywood movie. And we'll talk about it. But uh, the script, uh, the script, um, kind of does uses imagery and and motif and just like screenwriter school to mm. really get in get under your skin like the way of the, just the way they play out donnie running away from his past and how that gets personified throughout the script through jonathan majors through the mm -hmm. relationship through literally a kid running into this frame and these things could have been really cliche but because of the construction i think of this script there's so much kind of quote-unquote cliches in this movie that really pay off and become become it's a good hollywood movie it, it takes what it takes all the Hollywood ingredients and cooks up a fresh batch that, you know, it's a good burger. It's a really good burger. Yeah. And really um, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 It, uh, this, this movie got to me a couple of times too. Um, the stuff with, with his mom for sure. Super got to me. Yeah. Um, in the final fight, I didn't, I didn't really expect it. Cause the first time it didn't get me this way, but the second time, um, 
when it gets just into that full like expressionist imagery you know oh, and that. it's like they're fighting against the the prison bars and then they're fighting against the beat up pillow from the flashback and i'm like god damn like yeah this this is tragic you know mm-hmm. like this is the only way these people felt that they could express themselves and now they it's just them too the the world is silent around them mm-hmm. uh i did not know i was gonna get that weird with this imagery so that yeah. made me very happy because it's like you've gone back to the street level three times over now mm-hmm. with rocky five Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed Two, you can see them trying to lean more into the stylization, like a little bit. Not, mm-hmm. they don't fully get there, but that's like you know more ground level movie too. Yeah, which is funny because it has Ivan Drago in it. Um, <laughs> they make him a character. Yeah, and, Drago. And, hey, Dolph Lundgren's fucking great. Mm-hmm. He's Lundgren, a good actor. The, the Drago stuff in that movie, I think, is killer. Um, and then in this one, uh, yeah, they're just pure like stylization, like pure expression as image. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought this movie was, was pretty terrific, actually. I, I I was really happy with it. And yeah, yeah, before let's uh before we get back into what Daniel's talking about, because I do want to talk about like the, the more specific, like the, the silent bits, if you will, you know, like yeah, I mean we can all just kind of preach to the choir, like, yeah, the direction is fantastic. <laughs> Michael mm-hmm. B. Jordan's clearly too talented of a person. Someone stop him. <laughs> he what yeah. he has it all. <laughs> And people are okay with him like being anime now. Yeah. Although anime uh, I don't I don't want to bring too much attention to it, but shout out to him for not not being rude, but also not clearly not engaging with that one interviewer who used to bully oh, him in high school. Yeah. Did you see that, Daniel? I did. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. He's not even fully turning to her in, in the interview. And it's just like, hey man, like, you know, what, what's that saying? The the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Yeah. You know? If, like, if hey. anyone's ever i think for us if anyone has ever lived in los angeles as such a cringe moment because you're like oh no mm-hmm. you see this exact person you see this person at the arc light run up to a celebrity and be this dumb and you and, but you never see them on the red carpet like mm-hmm. that's i've seen that a million times i worked at the light in hollywood for five years and i swear yeah. i saw that moment happen a million times like <laughs> not on the red carpet it's like oh no being posted on YouTube, going viral on Twitter. It's happening. Yeah. I've seen it happening Cringe. a lot more right now. I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, which one of you just said comfortable? I think a lot of people are getting a little too comfortable. But yeah, the because... Pedro, Pas- Pedro Pascal thing is like really, like, I was like telling a friend, like, that's very uncomfortable. They're like yeah. showing him blue tweets and stuff. And he's just like, he's silent for 10 seconds. And then he just yeah. walks away and, and like, he stop. It's like these people are trying to get like, yeah, like too comfortable. They're cozying up to people. Like they see other like uh, uh, press people like interview them comfortably because they've they've established a rapport yeah. with these people. They can do that with certain people. They're not gonna walk up to Billy on the street mm-hmm. and start sharing thirst tweets and stuff like. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's getting bad. Um, yeah, everyone yeah. stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, sharing thirst tweets is not journalism. It's very funny if you're like Ash Crossan. Because that's yeah. like her stick. She's like the yeah. one that gets away with it. You will fail if you're not her. So mm-hmm. find another angle. Yeah. Moving on. Um, I yeah. think the point is to say too that these things, like Hollywood's also got to look in the mirror. Celebrities have to look in the mirror a little bit because the way we market, I mean, the amount of like, every time a movie comes out, the amount of like, I want to watch one page of Pascal interview about the movie or TV show. Yeah. Just, just one. But for weeks, my YouTube's gonna be filled with, oh, his here's him on GQ, here's him on 
A, B, and C, D, E, F, and it's the everything now. YouTube, I can't even watch interviews about about movies I'm interested in because now now I have to hear this person's entire life story and career <laughs> played out over the course of five different magazines doing a profile on this person now. And like you know what, on some level, we also have to. Where's the border? Where, where's you know commodifying human beings in that way and sending them out into the universe does make people feel a little comfortable with them in a way that they shouldn't yeah. like yeah. it's a, it's a two, two parts of that you know marketing yeah. and we also need to check ourselves these are human beings don't just run up to them and talk about it <laughs> yeah. yeah no no no. That, that's yeah. a good point too where it's like you know um if you're if your questions are less like insightful than questions on hot ones which i, mm -hmm. I do think they do a good job with the in actual interviews this is no disrespect yeah. to hot ones they're they're doing a good job it's mm -hmm. like if your questions are less insightful than theirs on a show that could easily just get off like get by on the gimmick like mm -hmm. you need to you, just take a second step back reevaluate your your interviewing and life and journalistic integrity yeah. a little bit no i you don't have, i'm not having people to go to church or something. i'm just i mean they, I don't know. You motherfuckers out there. <laughs> but like you know like just you, you you're capable of better than tiktok sticks okay this, yeah yeah, a lot of people are capable of better than that. Some of you aren't, but I'm not talking to those people right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> PSA, PSA, right now. <laughs> there you go. In the middle of Creed three. Well, because mm -hmm. Creed three is also about learning to be better. Yeah, you know? it's like I was gonna add. Yeah, it's a really fascinating like look at like masculinity, too, where it's like just you know the way him and uh, Dame talk to each other at the end and like you know go about like their issues like it's very like well-written and then especially like i guess like uh like black masculinity too you know michael b jordan really like says like a lot of insightful things as a filmmaker too so yeah yeah and obviously the three of us none of us are african-american we don't mm -hmm. have the insight into that but i think it's uh, we, we all see it like it's more than just like the the masculine perspective it, it is specifically about a, a community that none of us are a part mm -hmm. of but yeah we can hope to be uh, better allies too mm -hmm. but um yeah the, the masculinity angle is like such it, it hangs over the whole thing like his inability to express himself now that he can no longer fight or he's chosen no longer to fight mm -hmm. like it's it's so like sad like the, the quieter scenes like where it's just him like hanging out at the gym with his buddies or like spending time with his family it's like it's all so loving and like tender and it's so yeah. kind and like you know the whole movie could have just been that like i didn't need a conflict you know like i like yeah. that stuff so much good drama yeah mm -hmm. um yeah i mean on the note of drama too it's like yeah you, you don't always need to like be heavy hitting with it you know it's like even the, the reveal that uh his, his adoptive mother had a stroke prior to the film's events where it's like, you don't need to milk that. You just have to present it in, in, in a situation where there it happens to be very loving. And it's like it, that way just kind of washes over you. And then maybe it goes to the back of your mind or you just outright forget it. So when that comes back into the picture, you know, it's like, it's a gut punch. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, the, I, I think this is, this is a, a pretty great movie and yeah i'm very happy that uh that it is because mm -hmm. it is technically the ninth rocky movie right it's nine nine yeah if yeah. you count all of them as one series mm -hmm. um, there's six rockies three creeds yeah yeah, yeah I, I i can math sometimes um <laughs> what do we feel about sylvester stallone not being in this movie 
I, I I feel like he's just like what more can he do with that character? Like he's already like had an ending in Rocky Balboa, bring him back. Creed Creed you could say is like an ending for that character. Creed two is like another ending, and it's like leave it where it is. He went back to his son. He reunited with his like grandchildren, his family, and he's like you know living his best life happily ever after. Like let Rocky just like I don't know like just. Be, you know, be okay for right now. Don't need to see him again. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, he's an ancestral character now. He's in, he's in, you know, they were referring to another Ryan Coogler movie, Black Panther. He's on, the, mm-hmm. on the, he's on the plane now. He's on the spiritual plane, you know. Yeah. New, new generation of characters. You know, uh, again, I, I make fun of sequels. Hollywood is itself an industry of uh in in world cinema itself is the the industry of recreating right of re of using and recycling characters over and over again other countries and other industries don't have the same tradition of wanting to recycle the same you know characters and tropes and over and over again i'll not be a tradition to their style of filmmaking but especially hollywood outvaulting it's about recreating so as much as i don't like sequels i also recognize it as as being you know, essential to what this industry is and what it, it does. And it'll make, we'll probably have another great Rocky movie in our lifetime, I imagine, yeah. because money will make it happen. Yeah. Uh, movies make lots of money. Um, and so they'll, they'll always be back. And um, hopefully, new artists and younger artists will to flip, you know, put their own spin on it. You know, you know what's really great about Creed is that, they, in, in a sense, it's, it's the same kind of, it's about, you know, a working character, kind of, character came from nowhere and rags to riches kind of you know but what creed does is give it a different multicultural perspective on this whole entire um franchise now so i love the scene you know maybe the mexican american version of, of this world of this rocky world the you know so on and so forth uh you know well it'll be cool to see amara in 15 years mm. get her get 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 her movie yeah. um so yeah, no. Happy Rocky is over. I'm happy for him. Happy for the franchise. Happy for us. You know that we can like be okay with this. And so there's people out there who are really, really having a tough time rocking not being in this movie. I really yeah. want to go outside, um, touch the grass. Really, you know, go <laughs> see a movie. Actually, I love going to see movies when uh, I'm and about nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I'm cool with them not being in the movie too, because like. This again, I like Creed too. I probably wouldn't have gone for uh, the the Drago angle, mm-hmm. um, but then I like Drago showing up in this one. I like that yeah. they're like they, they're buddies now. Like, yeah, they I buried mean, the hatchet. That yeah, the and then that's just like a that's such a beautiful like other side of like how Adonis can't move on from his own past, but he's making like he's completely made peace with the surrounding elements of his life that were outside of his control. Mm-hmm. This movie's about him having to look at what he feels responsible for in his life. You know, he's taking control of everything else. He is, well, maybe taking control is the wrong word, but he's like, he's learned to live with all of this and he's made peace with it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot harder for him to deal with his own shit. And I, I find that stuff really moving. And I, I don't think it would have been as interesting if Rocky was around. Where does he fit in this narrative, you know? Yeah. What would he have done? Um, I think the one moment where he maybe could have had a cameo Mm-hmm. was after the funeral because like adonis is like 
you know, the dark night of the soul. Like he is like nowhere. Like he 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 is like he's on the lowest possible emotional level in this movie, you know, like he gets knocked down so hard. Um of his own like accord. Yeah. And it's like it it's it's tough. You know, it's it's actually tough to watch. And I thought like if Rocky showed up like at the funeral, like uh for like a quick pep top or something like that, like yeah. I would have been like okay with that. I didn't need it. I'm not asking for it. Mm-hmm. But that would have worked in, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's that's a that's a hypo like a hypothetical thing. So it's not, yeah. not super necessary uh to any of this. Um yeah, what do so what else do we think about like uh Diamond Dame Anderson, mm-hmm. the, the antagonist of the film, the 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 brother turned enemy. Because the 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 Rocky franchise, the Creed franchise, well, Rocky, I guess obviously because it's gone on longer, it's had like a, a very wild set of antagonists, you know. It's like Apollo, the first two. Yeah. Uh Clubber Lang, who's like, you know, we talked about earlier, a very fun character. Mm-hmm. Ivan Drago, who's like, you know, in the first movie, he's mm kind of a nothing character he's just right. like a big hulking presence but yeah. if you want to read into it maybe that's like the point maybe mm-hmm. he's just the face of of a, of a crumbling empire yeah and then um five gets interesting because it goes back to the street level i know mm-hmm. some people didn't like that i think that's the most interesting part of the movie does yeah. it work i don't know but it's the most interesting part. <laughs> and then rocky six is rocky you know learning to move on he goes he goes out of the ring the same way he came in prove that he can go the distance um, but doesn't need to physically win to prove yeah. it. Uh, Creed is obviously a very different set of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baby Drago stuff is really moving. The first guy, he's not like a super compelling like physical threat in, yeah. uh, in the first film. Like when they're in the ring, yeah, but like, you know, there's no, um, it's not about overcoming that particular character. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's, I, I Again, not a negative because I, I worship the first Creed. Yeah, here he's cool. Mm-hmm. Here we get like just this this layered character that um, I think is really well written, and I'm glad I watched it twice before we did this episode because the first time I saw it, I did not think Jonathan Majors was like anything exemplary in the film. I didn't think he was bad at all. I think he's like good all the way through. A very good performance i wasn't like wowed but then watching again the second time like after the reveal in the midway point where like he has been angling like all these different moves around adonis the entire time Mm -hmm. i was like okay well watching the first half with that knowledge again the performance plays so much better to me um yeah but uh daniel what did you think about uh diamond dame anderson and jonathan majors man yeah, thank goodness. Thank goodness for Jonathan Majors and his character. Um, the one thing that Creed was missing was a good villain in this franchise. It just, we couldn't, I really don't think this franchise, really, I mean, I think about Rocky, it has two classic quote villains. I mean, first one, Apollo. Um, and that rivalry does, you know, stick. You know, they're not always, you know, it, they, go, they go through a lot, Rocky and Apollo. Um, and then, of course, Drago being the more... Um, I mean, Drago, re- re- Drago being a, a a gift as a character that probably should have been where Rocky, the original franchise, loses steam. Like, come on, we're going to yeah. turn this into a Cold War narrative after the beautiful <laughs> personal. And yet they create this iconic all-time character out of this, mm-hmm. out of this kind of silly, I think, overblown out, over-Americanized sort of international American 
uh, romance narrative. For me, it's more interesting when it's a very small American narrative in the city. But um, so uh, you really want, and and Creed did everything, like I said, there's so much about this franchise great. I mean, the capturing the millennial experience, being a totally new cultural perspective on the same story. Um, the I thought, I mean, Michael B. Jordan performance, you know, uh, is a kind of, romantic one but he's such a star he's such a cinematic yeah. such a cinematic presence um and and you really one thing is and one thing they couldn't i mean you you like the structure of how and Creed 3 is really about correcting generational mistakes right and, or the whole franchise is about correcting, correcting generational mistakes in a lot of ways and you love that you know that beginning of seeing him and victor being friends now because he's like good for adonis corrects everything in an amazing way he, be, he makes sure he doesn't become a bad father like you know like he makes sure he, he that's what this whole franchise is about um and you just like but those Victor's just not that cinematic and not that interesting of a person. He's um, even watching Creed too. Is he's as an idea is more interesting as a structure, as a plot point to for Donnie's story. It, it's powerful, but he's not as an individual really that compelling to to care about or or to be with. And that and that completely changes in Creed three. I mean, we get the great villain. I mean, I mean, talk about talk about someone I'm going to remember for a long time is a great sports movie villain. I mean, holy moly, this is, I, they, they came yeah. out and, and he is the star. I mean, I say he's the show, the show, he's the show of shows in this movie. Um, we, we can, we can talk about again, we have been talking about what's good about this movie. The best thing about it is Jonathan Majors hands down this character and his character, um, beyond being very, very personal, interesting characters who you spend a, a very fair amount of time with and you really get to know and, and you really feel for on some level, but also are very intimidated by it because he is kind of cunning and 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 and, and bad. Yeah. Um, what an IMAX present. What an oh, IMAX yeah. character just built for a huge screen. I mean, his, his body, his 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 movement, you know, mm -hmm. his punches, his his faces, his presence. It's just such such a such a beautiful centerpiece that that uh, uh, on these IMAX frames. Um, yeah. And like, oh. Yeah, because because we all saw that uh, the IMAX screening too, and it was like I, I think it looked pretty like amazing. Some of the sequences with those IMAX cameras, and I, I just love IMAX. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, um, I'm a big fan of the IMAX presentation. Um, I'm gonna let Gene go before I. Mm -hmm. I'm not pooping on anyone's party. Yeah, I, I am pro this movie. I'm pro every, pretty much everything about it. All right. I just have uh, an IMAX take, but Gene, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say, I, I love uh, Dame Anderson, because also, too, like, he's villainous, but you feel, like, empathy for him, like, you understand, like, why he's so, like, angry at the world, and, like, angry at Donnie, to an extent, because it's just, like, you know, he spent, like, 18 years of his life, like, in jail, incarcerated, and it's just, like, and he comes out, comes out, and he has, like, no, nothing, and it's just, I mean, he, you know, manipulates, like, his friend, but, you know, you could see you know his perspective you know i think like really good villains or at least antagonists are ones that don't think they're the villain like they don't like twirl their mustache or whatever it's like they're doing what they're doing because it's like it's still like that's their goal you know and it just co conflicts with you know the person that we're centering this movie on so yeah yeah i i think 
I, I am pro mustache twirly villain. Not for movies okay. like this, though. Sure, no, sure. Like this, this is not That's the fine. movie with the mustache twirly villain. Yeah, like Daniel's no, got a great Daniel, mustache. He knows a good up. mustache. Yeah, he knows what's up. But um, yeah, for for movies like this, this is where you get the the introspective, like layered, like uh, internal conflict, and like uh, Wood Harris as Duke says like that great line where he's like he's he's angry at the world. He's trying to fight everyone. Yeah, like he's constantly referencing that. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to do. And it's like, he understands like that made Dame not the person he was. He's not that kid he was anymore. Like he can't mm-hmm. be. He was changed from that. And like, I think that's what's so great about the movie because on a very superficial level, if someone hates this movie, I don't think anyone out there does, but there probably is someone. There always is someone. But if someone hates this movie, the go-to criticism is going to be that the rich guy beat up the poor person to keep them in their place. That is not this movie. I would not argue that. I do not think that's true. Yeah. I'm saying on a very superficial passing look of the act one, act two, act three, that could be interpreted as such. Watching the movie, it is explicitly not that. It's about the lives that these two men had, the decisions they made with the choices that were presented to them and the mistakes that fell out from that. And, um, also the importance of like looking out for each other and and what happens when you don't you know adonis has a bunch of people who look out for him and he mm-hmm. starts pushing them away dame has no one to look out for him and so he's just taking from adonis it's like what what other options does he have you know it's like it's so sad i'm not gonna cry talking about it like yeah it's, it's what he tragic. feels he has to do to like you know he's saying like he, he's out of time he's he's too old he can't go through the path that rocky and apollo and adonis had anymore like he's that that's that's gone yeah there's there's no way that happens for him he has to take now mm-hmm. and the fact that these people feel that they had to do these things in these situations because of time because mm-hmm. of structures outside of their control it's like like this is this is the ninth rocky movie we're talking about this that's crazy <laughs> you yeah know? well well also i love that he's like he uses like a rocky narrative to like almost like steal you know yeah to like serve himself yeah yeah like yeah. he steals like the underdog story and it's like well he's you know like he is but then it's like he's kind of manipulating like donnie to like you know feed into that to like okay this is how you sell the fight but yeah he doesn't have like the heart of rocky you know mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. if you find a you find easter egg that probably weren't easter eggs but you just it just helps it makes the story more interesting for yourself and one of the things is that the the original the night that that the, the inciting incident of their lives happens is also it takes place the same year as Adrian's death. Oh, and and oh, I, I kind of right. felt it, it. I don't know why I noticed that. So I think it's because I was watching the franchise out the week, and I, you know, years and days from being at her at her tombstone. You, you know, um, but it, it it means a lot to me because it's kind of like the new generation starting right of like um, and the baton being sort of passed right there, mm-hmm. um, and. <clears throat> what's Donnie now going to do with what's he now going to do with this life and what are the decisions he is going to make and yeah and Dame is such the Dame is such the life right I mean it's kind of I mean the the movie is not being subtle he, he you know Dame even says himself that you know Donnie had the life that he was supposed to have he says it as a line and, and it comes right at a great time to feel that line when he says it. it's not a cliche like and it's not the script you know speaking upon itself without you know it's not the script being obvious just a really well-placed line when he says it 
feel it. They, you know, that Donnie really did the life that he had. And he's, and, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, you, it's fun. So I wanted to say that after the movie and, and I, and throughout the week, but I changed my mind. I thought that there wasn't enough Dane, right? I thought actually on, on some level there, um, we could have, I want to spend more time with him at his house and what he was doing in between training and what, you know, what was his life like uh, in between the scenes. And I'm thinking now that actually you're probably just one scene away from him being so tragic. You could, he couldn't be a villain. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like the almost, almost one of this material in this movie had to cut out so that he didn't like love this guy <laughs> yeah. and, like, and feel for him so much. Um, and he's such a character. They don't talk about it too much, but he's definitely a character um, that's rooted in trauma in a way that's mm-hmm. very, um, I, I, you know, being an ally for me is a lifelong journey as for all of us. But, um, you know, I, I, I did grow up with men like Donnie and and men like and men like Dame and and there's so much trauma and so much so much things that again Diego really says it things that are out of their control yeah. creates kind of like the whole franchise things that are out of your control and what do you do with those what do you do with the life that was chosen for you in a sense and how do you how do you make the most of it and um this this world's a really hard one to live in for a lot of people, man. And Dame Dame really uh, is an embodiment of how difficult it is to be in this world, and and the anger it 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 it, it the anger it can take to just survive in this world. He really he's a, he's angry because it's the only way he can live. Uh, it's the only outlet he has for living is to be angry, and you feel it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like not to jump ahead, like we we can talk about it, but like you know the end of the movie is them. Even though, like, that, that fight, you know, it's, it's a global event. Then we get that moment where it's just them two. And then mm-hmm. we get that that big fucking, that, another great line from Wood Harris is Duke, who, an actor I've been a fan of, because I, I saw him on The Wire back in yeah. the day. I was watching yeah. that when I was, like, not watching other HBO shows. And I was like, what uh-huh. is this? You know, like, that. so, like, I, I've been a fan for a while. But he gets some great lines in this movie. Where he's like, you know, leave what was and, like, don't worry about what is, you know. Mm-hmm yeah like, like it's oh my god it's, yeah like, i'm killing it in this yeah you know? i love but, how they they expanded on duke because it's like in that first movie he kind of is in it and also too that first movie it was supposed to have like the well was, he's duke little duke was supposed to have his dad duke but the actor uh was like passing away tony Burns. so he's like he kind of got a role but he's also just saying the lines of like what this other character would have had and then he gets brought in the second and then i'm glad he's like fully like a character because like duke is also the original duke he's like in all the rocky movies and then too mm-hmm. like he becomes rocky's like trainer and like mentor and like friend he's a really good character like people like sleep on duke but i, I that's one of my favorites and then too like as a corner like as his uh as his person in his corner like in the drago fight he's like telling him like some really good pep talk so yeah, yeah i mean those uh I think that's the secret sauce to the Rocky stuff. It's like the character mm. stuff is so good. Like even the ones that people generally don't like, like Rocky Five, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the character scenes oh, are yeah. like fine in those. All movies, the you know? yeah, all the stuff where it's like flashing back to Mickey. Or I'm like, what? I'm like, what is this? I'm feeling these are like really amazing. Yeah, they yeah. bring back Burgess Meredith. You know, and I mean that's you know we're we're talking about like franchise stuff earlier and like. Uh, I believe the Fast and Furiousification is what yeah. uh, you could refer to it as, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, this is one of the rare franchises where, like, as long as like the emotions and the characters are at the forefront of it, like, 
I'd watch another three Creed films, frankly, you know? Um, now, will they all do that if they continue making three more? I don't know, but yeah. like, it's possible. City, you know? City wants to do a fourth Creed, so we'll see. We'll see. Hey, Jonathan, I mean, uh, Michael B. Jordan has the juice. Yeah. So, I want to see. Yeah. No. He, he could do it. Um, yeah. Like, it's just, I like spending time with all these people in these movies, you know? Like, yeah. I don't need the fights. Now, the fights are very good. Um, especially in this movie which yeah. is just like wow we need the, the bikes that's that it's a boxing movie we got yeah. I, I do want to i do want to defend the fights you know oh yeah no no if you want if we want to we can do a we can do a we, we can make plenty of narratives that are not boxing movies you know mm-hmm. but um i do think there's something about you know again it's a hollywood movie and sports movies sports movies Mm-hmm. are such a hollywood genre they they recommend they rec they represent america so much um yeah. as well as, yeah the the way they're packaged too says so much about the industry it's itself it and and how it thinks of itself um yeah yeah i think one of your uh when you used to do the uh your blog on sports movies you're saying like the they had like a formula too right like a lot of them like baseball movies yeah like they struggle they win the pennant never see them in the world series you know they don't show that but like you know yeah well uh no yeah absolutely and well baseball movies and boxing movies are really interesting and i'm glad i get a chance to say this because i wanted to in some way but the baseball movies and basketball uh, uh boxing movies are interesting because you know those are two biggest sports in the first half of the 20th century you know before mm-hmm. football and basketball come along it, re- it really is a baseball and boxing world and the two differences that boxing kind of like what football is now is the more animalistic more animalistic uh, more corrupted uh more masculine more testosterone driven sport and baseball is a family sport that's you know you go, we all take our kids out to the ballpark we have a hot dog um dad has dad has a beer um uh you sit around the tv for a, a fair amount of hours just enjoying your company with people around you and that's reflected in the movies right boxing movies even going back to like going all the way back you know are, are always kind of corrupt narratives guys throwing you know guys kind of like it's a, it's a, it's about it's about you know uh carrie grants and, and and gary cooper's you know uh at, at the at the height of their you know th- you know uh, cheating and and scandal and 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 baseball movies are all about the american dream um very much and uh the pride of the yankees and yeah you know uh Lou Gehrig and and the Sandlot and you know all the, you Feel know the dreams uh, yeah um yeah. it's all about the American dream it's the family it's the family it's the family versus the, uh, the adult drama narrative and what's actually really interesting about Rocky is that it's I guess in some ways the baseball movie a vacation <laughs> if, we're, if we're making up words as much as I am today yeah um yeah. of, of boxing movies it's, it is the antidote to uh, i think i call it rocky the antidote to uh, the nature of boxing movies which is more parasitic right it's, it eats you in the inside it's yeah um, yeah it's actually beautiful rocky it deserves it's and credit to it. it's not bastardizing boxing movies it's just man just uplifting the soul a little bit giving a little uh, brevity <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, i mean that's that's why we we love uh or that's why a lot of people love sports and sports movies, right? I mean, it's like we want that that thrill of like the success, and like you did it. You want the distance. You you've accomplished this dream of yours, and it's like, well, that solve all the world's problems? Like, no. But like you can you can embrace a victory. You can cherish the moment. There's nothing wrong with like 
celebrating, you know, like that you did it, you won, or like, hey, or even if you, you you tried, even if you lose, like it's worth like celebrating, you know, because it's just it's just another moment in life, and it's like you got to celebrate as many of them as possible. This is like the exemplary way of doing that. This is the platonic way of doing this for America. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I mean, I think that's why something like even Ford v Ferrari was such like uh, a, a, a hit. Um, like so normal good. people love that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like that movie a lot. I, I and every once in a while, it's a dad movie. Yeah, every once in a while, I hear like a relative ask, like, "Have you seen that Ford Ferrari movie?" And I'm like, "Yep, yep." And it's always they're like they start gushing about it. Everyone loves it, and it's just like, I think it's because like a great sports movie is so rare right now you know yeah Yeah. um and uh, this is not this franchise's fault or problem but it's like you know we could we could probably do some more like uh, quality sports movies you know and all sports like i mean i was mentioning like the and daniel was too like the 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 weird corruption and and institutions and structures that like funnel money and other horrible shit through all these things that permeate our lives and it's like in these these moments, when it comes down to it in these sports movies, it's like the personal victories or the communal victories that these people can achieve, like, is worth celebrating in spite of all that. Which is also why I love The Last Boy Scout. So everyone should watch The Last yeah. Boy Scout. <laughs> Good one. It's, it, I'm so sorry. I wish I no, could. No, no, it's so You have a treat waiting for you because you mentioned yeah. that Rocky's like the marriage of like the family and sports drama, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The last Boy Scout is kind of like sports drama meets Die Hard. So, like, yeah. Or I Lethal like Weapon, I guess Lethal Weapon's more accurate. Uh, minus the pro cop stuff. There's not really pro cop stuff in Lethal Weapon. It's like they're, they're bumbling buffoons in that, yeah. which is pretty great. Um, But yeah, the watch the last boy scout that's i'm gonna put that in the thumbnail a little last boy scout poster just so people know that i haven't forgotten um all right now i gotta i gotta be a little bit of a party pooper um where uh gene mentioned the imax stuff specifically Uh after our viewing of it yeah and um the movie looks great there's no problem with the look of the movie no one made any mistakes or errors or anything i even disliked um, or maybe someone found an error or something. I don't care. You know, whatever. It all worked for me is what I'm saying. I'm just saying, let's not, uh, as someone who's like had a brief upset or an ongoing obsession, I'll be honest, with like collecting lenses for cameras and stuff like that mm-hmm. and ND filters and stuff like that. Um, it totally is about the artist, not the tools. So mm-hmm. I, I just got to say with the, the hype of the IMAX cameras, sell your movie however you want. I have no ill will towards anyone hyping that up. You can do the same thing with the shutter speed on your DSLR if you got a high quality one. I'm just saying, um, it's not. Uh, yeah. I, I think the real conversation is the presentation mm-hmm. in the theaters. Because I'll be honest, my second viewing of, of Creed Three last night, um, not as good. The the quality of theaters that are not based in the heart of Los Angeles or Hollywood yeah. or Burbank are not great, and that's yeah. the real reason why people are not going to the movies that much anymore. It's because theater chains. Theater chains do not take care of the presentation formats. Um, Also charging, charging extra money for seats. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. I saw it at, at the, the Harkins and Cerritos. Okay. Um, I, I've been in that theater before. It used to be also better. Um, and like, it was a Saturday night. So there's going to be like rowdy teens and stuff like that. I'm not finger wagging at the you kids these days. I'm not doing that. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. Saturday night at the movies. Uh, I knew what I was walking into. Yeah. But like the presentation, I think did did suffer from um like the the bulb looked a little dim. Like I was like, this looked brighter, and not just because I saw it on a bigger screen. 
Yeah. Like it it the movie did not look this dark last time I saw it. Um they did mask the screen though. For those that don't know, it's not uh it's so you can't basically can't see the, the mm-hmm. black bars in the top and bottom. It's mm. it's so you just see the frame that's the, the aspect uh, ratio of the film. Mm, am, am I, I don't like I, that. What? Oh, I said I hate when I don't like when they do that. The you theaters. don't like when they mask the, the, the frame? Oh, I'm sorry, like just kind of excuse me. Uh, just kind of like uh you know the presentation and stuff like that excuse me okay no no i mean like i am pro like them like masking what's not supposed to be yeah the the aspect ratio yeah yeah Um, because sometimes you can this was a problem at one of our our local theaters gene where uh they they kind of either too small or um too big or too big yeah it's like this is not like a 16 by 9 this movie this is like a david fincher movie i think uh, right gone girl Um, i saw it a couple times in theaters there and one yeah, of the times well, it was like 16 by 9. I'm like, this yeah. is, no, that's wrong. You're, yeah, you're missing like a quarter of the frame. Do, do better theaters. But I mean, to defend kind of the IMAX, I, I just, I think it really gives the movie scope. Like when it cuts to the IMAX angle, when it's like they're fighting in Dodger Stadium, like the heart of Los Angeles. For like, was it the tagline of the fight? The Battle of Los Angeles? Yeah, which is um, great. There's also a yeah. Rumble in the Jungle reference where I was like, oh, we're like going through the history of like, yeah. This is like, this is this movie becomes like the nexus point of the next generation. It's wrapping mm-hmm. up what came before, but it's also something entirely new. It's like crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would agree with that. I I also just think maybe you could do that with like uh, an aspect ratio. I don't sure. You know, yeah, uh, I don't know. I just uh, probably I, don't, I I just don't think yeah, Daniel was. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, too, we're not getting around to the sound. Too. I mean, IMAX is a full experience, right? It's not just, uh, it's not just the lens, it's the total experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's always ours over the total. And I went to, I went to my, ch- I, I, it was funny, I went to my, this is the first, I went to my childhood movie theater. It was oh, nice. It's my first movie back at my, at my old movie theater. Um, and they now have IMAX there, which is hilarious because, like, any movie theater that, he comes in IMAX movie theater is never really an IMAX movie theater. Like you, it has to be really the most pure IMAX has to be from the conception of the architecture of the vertical. I've seen an IMAX movie at the Air and Space Museum in Washington D.C. I saw a ride oh. at the Air and Space Museum in yeah. Washington D.C. And I've never had, I don't even love Arrival that much, to be honest with you. I can't find a boring, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but um, the experience watching IMAX, of that IMAX, mm-hmm. I, I've known I've been to that magical wonderland of IMAX before. I know that place exists. And no, there's like maybe, I can't imagine more than five theaters in this entire country. More Not theaters, screens. Screens mm-hmm. and visual rooms in this entire country that can capture what I saw, how I saw Arrival at Air and Space Museum. So any IMAX experience is ridiculous because you're not really IMAX. You're like, I don't know what's happening. That would be like a d max you know you're kind of halfway there <laughs> um but i will say um and maybe the presentation we saw the imax premiere event so i'm wondering if like when the the presentation i saw was just curated a little bit better you know might, might have been like supervisors there making sure that we're getting yeah. the highest quality experience um i'm working on events at well, why do archive work the event we did a better presentation when the person's rep was there with the projectionist. Like, you know, we, we just, we, it, the movies look better when, yeah. when 
versus when we would show those movies a week later just in regular public uh presentation so there isn't something about someone being there yeah because um, because uh, uh you worked as a projectionist right huh yeah uh, well, yeah yeah, but the sound in this movie is really powerful. I really love it. Uh, I'm trying not to break down visual stuff too much because it's. Um, but I, I, I really think, like, um, you hear so much in this film, and it really, it's really important for a, a sports movie. Sports movie, so much sound needs to be into. You really want to hear the the clink, the crack of the bat. You really want to, you really want to hear the the gloves being tied on, and you want to, you want to like almost feel like when he goes into the thing with about the sound in my screens when he's being pushed into the ropes right just the vibration you can feel him on the ropes like it's not a camera showing guy pushing a guy onto the ropes you're like you really feel, i really felt like i was there and so much is the sound and the vibration the sound and and again like i be i'm gonna look forward to seeing creepy again in, in the in the theater just to kind of like sit back and see like what what's what's everything happening that's not visual like what's everything happening queued up by sound i really would i'm curious to see how much detail there is in that yeah yeah so that, that's that, well said. i will completely agree that the imax sound was incredible yeah again not to not to diss harkins theaters but like you know do do better um yeah. <laughs> the, the sound sure. quality is just not comparable i was like it was all front loaded and shit you know it was one of those Mm-hmm. And after like, uh, after that IMAX press after any IMAX or Dolby present Dolby's a great way to watch a movie too. I got to shout out Dolby. I love Dolby yeah, Vision. That um, was... Yeah. Oh my god, it's the best. Um, yeah, the booms and the the punches and yeah, mm-hmm. the the ropes and stuff like that. Oh, the and oh, it's the best. So that was um, you know, I, I had a great time watching it again. Like I said, there's stuff I appreciated even more the second time. I even liked it better the second time. And the, the presentation didn't bother. That's how good this movie is to me. You know? yeah, yeah. So like again, like that stuff I mentioned, like it's not even nitpicks, it's just like let's let's keep our let's keep the, the, the focus on like um like not let's not let's not I guess I'm worried about gatekeeping a little bit about sure. tools. Maybe this is yeah. a personal thing. That's all. Yeah. So I think it's important. I think it's definitely important. Now I'm with you, Diego. I'm, it's really important just to always remind all film fans, like it's the artist first, guys. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. I need. Mean, I mean, Tangerine. This is you know, uh, iPhone. Like Tangerine is more powerful. I, I think Tangerine's a masterpiece. And it's one, and, mm-hmm. and it's better than like ninety-five percent of blockbuster movies. So like, yeah. you, you can make it on any. You can make a great movie anyway. I mean, they're bringing back. They're bringing back Pi for Pi Day. I guess. Oh yeah, so nice. And that is the most. <laughs> You've ever seen Pi? I've like seen it. Looking. Yeah. Movie yeah. ever and it's it is pretty it's 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 creepy and and it's it's like unnerving and it's a really interesting cinematic experience but it's like you can barely see the people in the movie so yeah it's always about the artist for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah fuck it gene let's make something on our iphone let's let's yeah, do that that short i was telling you about on my iphone yeah all right that'd be cool yeah yeah okay i'll, I'll have to do a whole movie now out of zoom zoom yeah there's been there's yeah, been several yeah. There's been uh, several. <laughs> what's it though? I forgot the name of these movies already, but the the missing cinematic experience, a uh, missing cinematic universe that's the, <laughs> that that, is, that we have now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, I Jim and I talked about it a while back, but like you know, Skinamarink is not oh, filmed so on a laptop. Yeah, I Daniel, you need to see that. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to watch it on a laptop. I'm yeah. so happy that was in theaters and was a hit. 
somehow <laughs> i'm not mm-hmm. upset at all about that i was just like whoa what yeah. um but like that's a movie you watch like at 1 a.m on your laptop like i think that's like the vibe of that movie so i can't mm-hmm. wait to rewatch that uh you know but yeah different methods different tools different experiences like there's no right or wrong way uh, actually you know what there's probably wrong ways but there's no right way which is probably the most like frustrating thing yeah. to hear when you're trying to make something like no one's gonna give you uh a, the perfect formula to make something well the, um, the wrong way is making crap and you're not realizing it that's always the wrong way <laughs> if you, yeah like, like the wrong way is like if you're like on oh, no, love you know, I've seen a lot of bad short films in my life because I've been all of us being assigned to film. We've seen a lot of friends not great movies and, and web series, and mm-hmm. you know, it's wrong. It's wrong when like the person is thinks they're making something technically sound and, and it doesn't sound well and doesn't look well. And it's like, yeah. well, it doesn't have to sound well and look well, but if you're not if you're not keyed into your own limitations, I think that's when you're not doing well as an artist. You got to keyed into what your limitations are a little bit. Yeah. If your if your short film opens up with someone waking up and setting off an alarm clock, just cut that part out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's oh my fine. god! Get... Everyone thinks it's a great idea yeah. when they first start doing it. I promise, it's not you. It's fine. Everyone goes through it. Just take it out. It's yeah. not important. If first you're... of all, a much more real way of waking up is like slowly too. I don't know why I don't ever think like you, I, you could make something intimate out of a slow waking up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like, he's cracking keep... up because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Just like you get out of bed, and then you like go to the bathroom, go back to sleep. <laughs> it's like alarm clock, phone goes off, you get a text, you don't respond to it coherently, and then you wake up, and then you realize you like text your friend like like a misspelling of like a word or something. <laughs> That's a realistic thing. Yeah. I don't know who wants to see that, but yeah. No, fuck it. Someone should make that short film. Oh, I would yeah. commend them for that version of that idea. How <laughs> to film a how to film a person waking up like a normal human being. <laughs> it's just it's 30 minutes of the person like trying to get up and like not like barely opening their eyes. Yeah. And then like oh. Yeah. Um, I could do a, I could do I could I would be down for uh, a parody short of just, that just contains all the bad student film parodies in one so like the guy wakes up straight from alarm clock and then the next scene is him in the bathroom like washing his face and he looks really deeply concerted and can't stop looking as a flashback goes back to childhood and a dream <laughs> i just want all of that and then and then but played 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 seriously though because if you play it seriously Film fans would get it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, like, we're having fun, but it's like, why do you think John Wick actually opens with the end of the movie? It's because otherwise the first scene is him waking up in bed. Mm-hmm. It's the most boring thing ever. Yeah. You know, John Wick is awesome. But, like, you know, it's like, that's probably why they did that. They're like, we can't. We can't fucking do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, okay, we're so far off from Creed 3. Is there anything else we want to mention before we wrap up which does not begin with someone no it does begin with someone waking up oh god (laughs) oh my god but okay Uh, he's faking it he's not really waking up so yeah it's an inversion of the trope i don't know yeah i would it begins on the bot it begins on him fighting right oh wait no no, yeah it's the middle of a fight he's in south he's in south South africa doing uh no no no. It, it begins uh with him um as a kid uh, as, as a kid yeah and it, it actually starts off with with damien right yeah yeah pretending, he's, so. yeah pretending to sleep mm-hmm. yeah um 
I, I was just going to say, um, just kind of my last thoughts on the movie, because um, I, I loved it. I would like to, because it's like touched on a little bit, and I was telling you this, when he was saying that Dame was more of a family than like his actual siblings. Like, I really want to see like if they could go into, I don't know if it's past, but like explore like Apollo's other kids, like what happened to them? Because it's like they were at the funeral because it's like they, it seemed like they gave him a hard time or they weren't like accepting of him because it's like yeah they're like half brothers like you know and then to kind of the circumstances of like you know apollo like cheating on his wife and everything yeah mm -hmm. i think that would be really interesting to explore just kind of yeah yeah completely agree yeah pitching uh, pitching Daniel, to michael jordan right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just like a look in, into the extended family there and maybe him reconnecting and yeah That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe one of them's sick and uh, he has to put up a bunch of money to take care of him. And then he's raising money. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what the next fight would be. Yeah. You know, this, um, like I trust him as a director mm -hmm. and I, I think these are the same writers as the last two, right? Uh, I'd have to look. Let me, I, I know. Let me check yeah. real quick. Yeah. I, I was, uh, mm -hmm. I was looking at that, but, um, I, I trust him as as a as a director now. Um, oh, okay. Keenan and Ryan Coogler co-wrote yeah. it with Zach Balin. Mm -hmm. um, Zach Balin is currently he's written the Gran Turismo movie that's coming out, and King oh. Richard, the movie that Will Smith won his Oscar for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan and Keenan Coogler, or I guess Ryan, if he writes another treatment or something like that for the next one. I'll be excited. Yeah, I I also just miss like Ryan Coogler getting to make uh, other stuff. Oh yeah, other like, not, this there's no there's no hate to the Black Panther franchise. It's just right. like he's making one type of movie right now, and yeah, he's more interesting now than that. Yeah, he he could do a lot more. You know, sure. I didn't even hate Black Panther too. I was so surprised yeah. at how much I liked it. But I would of course like though. I don't want any stand off of Creed. Ultimately, what I want is the Ryan Coogler approach to all franchise movies, which is like, make, make three, trash it, new generation, new characters. Like, you know, take, take, take you know, if it's, I'm fine with, you know, the thing about the MCU is just that it's finally harder to be honest with itself that it wants to make the most out of every IP that it wants, and you're gonna do so, sure. But what one thing that Marvel gets to do is, with this one central world with all these different characters and, and is like, you get to see all these different ways you get to see the Marvel experience through all these different perspectives all the time, which is the magic, I think, of the MCU and what it tries to be, right? Just to see this entire huge world from all these different perspectives. So just keep expanding the world. Keep expanding. I want to see, I want, I just want to see this world from as many different perspectives as possible. And again, it's important to note that, like, Ryan Cooler just honestly, I mean, when he, he honestly wrote Creed because he just wanted, wanted to make a Rocky movie for Black audiences, you know? He just, want, you know, and trust that, trust now Hollywood's in a place where you can make, we can make movies for audiences that aren't white and white audiences will still come out and pay money to see them, you know? It's not, that's not, you know, you don't have to, you're not losing money just because you're focusing on one specific audience as your primary target. But that's what's the beauty of Creed itself is that it's a rocky movie for another audience so let's keep making these movies for more and more audiences and that's the way i think is the secret to making all these franchises last forever without ever dying off too much is like keep making you know i got another example of the you know, these marvel tv shows were really getting tiring and boring yeah until recently 
bless Miss Marvel for giving me a new perspective in this whole. I really like Miss Marvel as, as mm. a first. I really like Captain Marvel too. I'm a low key like big fan no, of Captain you're, Marvel. Let's go. Let's go. You're in the right <laughs> place. People hate on that movie. That's one of the better ones, hands down. I think I I love just like. I love the alien experience of this woman coming out of nowhere and just being like, you are all fucking stupid. And like, <laughs> and like, just it's, it's, first of all, it's a movie that clowns on human beings and our existence in a way that, that I love. It's very, very cute. And very. I think it's also very self-aware of itself. People think it's, it's not self-aware. I think it's very self-aware. I think it's very much knows what it's doing. I mean, it's very cute. And I really love that. Now you have this very bright human Marvel girl is going to link up in, with this sort of alien, you know, uh, presence in Brie Larson. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that partnership between both uh, generations of of, this, of, Mar- of uh, Captain Marvel. So, yeah. um, again, just keep expanding, man. You'll find gems, like like I said, like you'll find gems like Miss Marvel. You'll find gems like Creed. But I think what we have, I hope we can learn someday that to stop with, you got to just kill off, you got to kill off Captain America at some point, man. Like, we can't yeah. just keep you know what I mean? Like, if you want to keep going, yeah, yeah, but um, all right, I guess uh, we could wrap up then. Uh, Creed 3, I think, thumbs up across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good job, everyone. Um, someone do something about my about Michael B. Jordan. You, you cannot be that good looking and that talented. That's yeah, just... a man, a man that puts a Dragon Ball Z reference in a boxing movie, amazing. Yeah. Hey, if he doesn't do Creed Four right away or doesn't do it at all, like I'm there for whatever else he wants to direct. Frankly, like that dude. I mean, I'm really happy he directed well this one because, I'll, I mean, I felt like as much as you can feel bad for someone who's as successful as him, I did feel a little bit like the like, you know, that I think that interview you had was such a culmination of like people were kind of picking on him a little hard over the yeah. years. You know? So I'm just really happy he can direct because it's also like you can't say anything to this guy now. Yeah. He's also a great artist. Like, no, mm-hmm. get out of here. Yeah, yeah. we stand. We stand. Also, just uh, for for reference for everyone too, when he was getting picked on in high school for liking anime and probably doing the anime run or whatever, like, like, <laughs> yeah. no, like, whatever. Like, you're, you're fucking kids. Like, do yeah. you're gonna be embarrassing as a kid, whatever. You mm-hmm. don't think that lady interviewing him wasn't embarrassing in high school either? Yeah. Um, like the fact that, like, timeline wise, I think he was in the fucking wire when he was being made fun of mm-hmm. one of the greatest shows in the history of television. Yeah. You, like and he was like, the what? most memorable <laughs> kid. He's the most memorable kid uh, on that. Like, I think in all five of those two, like, do you, what kids do you remember better? It's, I mean, well, there's that one season that's about the education system, yeah, but right. like he, he's definitely, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I agree with you. Like um, he <laughs> is, I think he's the standout, you know I mean? His character reverberates into further th- seasons too, you know. Yeah. Uh, good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who everyone who's seen that show remembers where's the boy string, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, great actor, great talent, great job, great movie. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Where yeah. can people find you online? Yeah, um, I uh, only got that myself, but you should follow me on my letterbox now. I just started it. It's it's a very it's, just, it's only for sports movies. It's my sports movie letterbox, and it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you can find it under DRSM. Daniel Wright sports movies essentially. Nice. All right, great. Yeah, links down below. Uh, Gene, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. All right, and you can follow me at Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, 
SoundCloud, Instagram, Spotify, Patreon. I did that in weird order today. I don't know why. Uh, the brain, right. the, the word soup, the brain juice <laughs> are not are not melding. I, I I have no idea why. I I'm, I'm in a great mood. I nothing. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> um, but thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. All right, so take care. Go watch Creed three. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Thank you.